All right, welcome, welcome into the 108th episode of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. We got a good one for you today. We have reports, we have our weekend recap, Crystal Ball, and Max tries to bring a trade to me, but who knows if I'm going to accept it or not. We have a great pack show for you. We're going to be talking about all those crazy injuries that happened this week. And then not only about the players, but the auxiliary pieces around them, what's happening to player values all throughout Dynasty as well as Redraft. Again, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy over there, and we will see you in the episode. Let's go. Why, hello there, my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy podcast where you will learn how to rule over your dynasty league for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts. Here we go, episode number 108 of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Whoever you may be, however you may be listening, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, welcome back in, gentlemen crazy week we have max and super producer holding it down in the land i am in dirty jersey what a nutty crazy week for injuries players going off for 50 points multiple wide receivers i feel like this week in fantasy football was just madness pretty great week honestly pete i mean do you want to tell the listeners or do you want me to you can tell the listeners talk talk shit get hit and you know i i talked i talked to talk my team Finished with good enough scoring to beat a lot of teams, but just not yours. No, and that's you know that's the nature of the game, and it, it's it's great. I mean, I tell people all the time if I if I lose eleven games and I win one, as long as it's Peter, don't really care. So, Ohio State, Michigan, one hundred percent, man. I mean, it, and I was hedging my bets. I actually bet seven dollars on the New York Jets defense anytime they were plus fifteen hundred at halftime, and I was like, I'm not getting cheesed by some defensive touchdown and losing this way because I lost like that last week with Dallas defense having two touchdowns. So I bet that, and it actually hit. So I won over a hundred dollars, and and I beat Peter. So a great, great overall day. Yeah, what a what a lovely what a lovely week for you, Mister Max, Super Producer. How's everything going? What do you think of this week's slate of games, dude? It was good. I'm hype. I actually got to just sit down and watch Red Zone, and then for the late window games, went over uh, to a bar and just watched the rest of them. It was nice seeing the Browns not lose for a week. Honestly, I can That's say that. True. The, the bye week, it sucks because you want to watch your team. But it's also great because you don't have to watch your team. It's literally the, the best thing. I wish the Jets were on bye for like every week except one week. One and um, One and oh. Yeah, that would be awesome. Uh, before we get into the episode, I wanted to talk about something I saw. Uh, a couple news outlets were talking about it. Looks like Seinfeld. Something's happening with Seinfeld. Uh, they might come out and do like a little special. I think it's going to be like a Super Bowl commercial relating to the ending. I wanted to know just really quick, what's your favorite TV sitcom? I'm not going to lie, Pete. I don't really watch many sitcoms. Uh, I couldn't really even tell you more than two. So I'll I'll defer and you can give me some examples. Could you, could you try to name a sitcom? I want to see if you can name one. Seinfeld. Outside of Seinfeld. Probably Friends. Okay. Super producer. Uh, yeah, sitcoms are a weird one for me. I don't really watch a ton either. Um, but one that I've watched a decent amount of, my stepdad is super into Big Bang Theory. So I definitely think some of those episodes are are decent, but 
I, I think just sitcoms in general are not my wave. No, sitcoms aren't a lot of people. It's uh, like turn your brain off television. That's like sitting in front of a television for, you know, seven hours and watching commercial free football. You know, it's just turn your brain off and and enjoy. Uh, for me, I love Seinfeld. I, th- I think it's phenomenal, literally hilarious. And uh, it, it stands the test of time. It's still talked about almost 30 years after it's ended. So I'm excited. I think it's going to be a Super Bowl commercial that Jerry Seinfeld and the crew do for someone just like last year how breaking bad did that super bowl commercial with the uh pop chips or popcorners or whatever i think it's gonna be interesting but with that being said let's get into the episode before we get into reports i know mr max always loves talking trade we want to push it to the front half of the episode here mr max the floor is yours I just have one today, man. Believe it or not, it's a busy week. I came with one trade, and I want to propose it to you, Pete. I uh, I would love a counter too. Can I get Can I get a counter if you're not insulted? If I'm not insulted, you can always get a counter. Absolutely, Peter. So I'm prepared, Peter. League settings. League settings is 12 team redraft full point PPR. Your team's not bad. You have three running backs, two wide receivers. I'd probably say. And you have a good tight end, um, decent tight end. I'm prepared to offer you Brock Purdy, Jordan Addison, Miles Sanders, and Kyle Pitts. Okay, slow. Okay. Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy. Jordan Addison. Okay. Miles Sanders. Okay. Kyle Pitts. Okay, thank you. Four. Okay. Gerald Everett. Okay. Kyron Williams and Justin Herbert. Mr. Max, I'm good. Good. I'm not going to buy hype. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to buy hype on players. Brock Purdy put up a good performance. I don't think he's a top 12 startable quarterback. I'm not going to buy the hype off Jordan Addison with the Justin Jefferson news that we'll get into later. Uh, and Kyle Pitts had one good game. I'm not going to buy the hype off there. I know you're trying to sell high off of these uh, these certain players. I'm good. What if it's good Pitt- for now? What if it's Pittman? I'm fine with Pittman too. It, it Minshew scares me. You get a, a wide receiver too. Your third running back stays the same, and I don't think I think Brock Purdy is almost a better quarterback than Herbert. Max, I could tell you know you just got done with the gym. Maybe you're getting like a little runner's high. If you just said that Brock Purdy is almost as good as Justin Herbert, I think we're gonna have a problem. He's actually ranked higher than him right now, Peter. Well, Mr. Max, agree to disagree. I can give you a counter off the air because it would have to take too much thought. I will give you a counter off the air. Let me intermission. You give me a counter. Okay. All right. Let's get into reports from around the room. First and foremost, uh, play Adagio for strings. Play all the sad music. Justin Jefferson has been placed on the IR, missing a minimum of four games. And if the season continues the way that it does, they definitely will not rush him back from this hamstring injury. You're going for it. Let's say you have Jefferson. Dynasty, we're a dynasty podcast. Let's talk about it dynasty-wise. You're one of the best teams in the league. You have Justin Jefferson. What are you doing? Just holding. You just you can't sell them unless someone's going to give you full value and overpay. Like I'd probably only sell them for like a DK Metcalf and name X wide receiver. Like, what if it's really solid? AJ like, Brown, 
and a second. No. Probably like A.J. Brown and Jordan Addison. I'd probably sell. I don't know. I'd probably sell for that, to be honest. Um, but it's just it's Jefferson. I, I It's four weeks. I think it's going to be longer than four weeks, honestly, just given the record. I don't think they rush him back. Um, but it's dynasty. You want to play the long game. It stinks. Like, if you really – if this is your last year, then, yeah, I would sell him for A.J. Brown and Keenan Allen, obviously. So I just wouldn't sell, I don't think, in any situation – the only one that I would consider it with is like some trade with Jamar Chase, maybe. Like if I'm a prime competitor and maybe that a rebuilder has Chase, I'd probably go for it and, and try to make that trade. Um, because Max, yeah, I'm more with you, man. I, I really do think it's gonna be longer than just the four weeks. I I just got a bad feeling like Jefferson wants his money. He doesn't know what the contract situation is going to look like with Cousins. Doesn't want to rush back early to get hurt for maybe even next season. I, the only argument is maybe he wants to just keep stacking up numbers for the record books, maybe. Maybe he's got that dog in him and he wants to come back and play. But, dude, the Vikings look terrible. They're, they're not winning games. So I, I, I think we're going to have a – I think we're going to have a Lamar situation here where at the end of last year – Lamar, let's be honest, milked his injury. Didn't play because he wanted to get paid. This is Justin Jefferson's get paid year, right? Mm-hmm. This is his season that he's going to, in the offseason, get paid. I can't imagine he goes out there, tears his ACL, and takes less money off of like uh, just a hamstring injury. I think he is going to wait as long as physically possible to play. And I don't think the team's going to rush him back because they know how valuable he is to what they're planning in the future. The Vikings probably just going to forget this year existed. They have their first-round pick. Draft Drake May, draft one of the elite quarterbacks, Michael Penix, someone like that. And again, last thing moving forward dynasty-wise, you're a never-sell unless you're getting crazy value on Jefferson right now, right? I'm going to make a trade live. It's not in the book here. I'm going to make a trade. Nick C has Jefferson. I'm going to make an offer for you right now, Nick C. And you in redraft in- or in 12 dynasty? It's got 12 people. Full point PPR, super flex league. Okay. I'm going to make a trade, see how close it is. I think this is a pretty good trade, honestly, and I think the listeners will like it as well. Uh, you give me Justin Jefferson. I give you DK Metcalf, Traylon Burks, and a first-round pick. Yeah, for me, like, it's not even close because oh, I, I just oh. wouldn't trade Jefferson unless it's a crazy overpay, honestly. I mean, I, I get the situation is kind of bleak. I think it's kind of bleak. I mean, looking forward, I mean, that's kind of what we talked about, I think, in our dynasty rankings um, episode in the offseason, right? I mean, that's kind of the argument against Jefferson as far as like Jefferson and Chase goes. It's just that uncertainty with QB there, but I still think Jefferson's better. And I, I just don't, it's just not worth the value for me, honestly. Waddle Burks in a first? It's closer, but I, I just don't. I see it as okay. Waddle's worth this is a crazy first and a half. Crazy Waddle's worth, and then another first. I think Waddle's Burks worth two. Is not, Burks is not Burks worth. Burks is first. worth. Burks is worth a second. It's like three and a half first, right? Which I think Jefferson's worth more. I mean, you could call I me think, crazy in in superflex, but still, I don't know. I think it's really interesting, especially with the upcoming quarterback draft class. I think this upcoming draft class is going to be nuts for Superflex. You might see like 
four or five guys in that first round. Yeah, I, th- I think for context too, for anybody listening, it's like the team that I have, I'm a competitor this year and I still already have two could be higher end middle tier draft picks for the upcoming class. So I'm not, I'm not scared on missing out on some of those top guys. Right. So why would I sell the best asset? Well, maybe like second best asset on my team just to panic because I, I mean, I have depth at wide receiver as well. So it kind of makes it tough for me to sell. I feel like if I was the Jefferson owner with your team and I could get a Waddle Burks and a 25 first and super flex, which should probably be mid to early. Like, I feel like I would do that. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy and thinking just cause I offered it the other way, but yeah, I feel like that's something, a package like that, like a Waddle plus blank plus something or uh, AJ Brown plus Keenan Allen in a second, something like that. I really think you can get it to go down in your league. And if you're rebuilding Jefferson's a great piece for you. All right, let's keep moving forward. Enough about JJ. Let's move on. James Connor on IR for four weeks. Let's talk about our competitors here that have James Connor. Are you willing to pivot to backups in Arizona, or are you going to try to find a trade partner for a more safe guy, like let's say Kyron Williams, or uh, a more like quote unquote safe guy that's inexpensive? There's the propaganda again. Um, Not propaganda. He look. I know players because they're on my teams. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know. Everyone rushed to the waiver wire to pick up the Ricardo. Everyone rushed there to pick him up. Um, and then the report came out that In- Deontay Ingram's the number one back still. So I think it's gonna be a split committee. Their team's not very good either. So who knows? I do like Emarcardo's size though. He's a bigger guy, five nine, two fifteen. I mean, he's a big boy. So I mean, we'll see. And he's a rookie as well, but he's twenty-four years old. Like if he was twenty-two, I think that would be a great fit, but I'm looking to pivot elsewhere to answer your question. Super producer. Yeah, I feel like you do have to pivot somewhere. I don't know where that is, though, right? I mean, you're talking about, did you say Kyron? Yeah, I was thinking like cheaper guys like Kyron or maybe someone like Raheem Mostert, where he is relatively inexpensive, but given yeah. a chain's injury, which we'll talk about next is more expensive than it, he was yesterday, but guys like that, where, you know, you don't have to invest a lot of capital into them. For sure. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of some guys off the top of my head too. Um, maybe I'll pop them in when you're talking, but yeah, at the end of the day, I mean, you're probably Connor is probably a depth piece, maybe a fringe RB two weekly for you if you're competing this year. So if he's the RB, if he was an RB two on your team, you definitely have to go make a move. I mean, it might be end of the line time for James Conner here. I, what was it? A knee injury? Yeah. I, I don't think they'll rush him back either. I mean, he's 28 years old. He's been in the league for seven years. It just does not look good for him. All right, let's keep moving forward. Next up. Like I just mentioned, Devon A-Chain will miss multiple weeks with that knee injury. He's been placed on IR. He's going to miss at least four games. I was thinking Raheem Moster is obviously a screaming value, right? He's a screaming value on teams that are in the middle to upper side. Maybe you trade Moster, get a first to get a first for a running back that's that old, I think would be huge. What do you guys think about what to do with Raheem Moster? Um, I think he's a great play for this year but he is 31 years old in that system. They get, they got Jeff Wilson. 
Obviously, HN looked pretty good as well. I think that in a redraft league, I actually just traded Mostert for Mahomes, one quarterback. But I would take it. You know, he was my third running back, and to get sell that window right there, that's exactly what we want to do. We want to sell that window. Yes, Mostert looks great. He's the number two running back on the year, but he's also 31. He can get hurt next week. It'd be worth nothing. Yeah, you got it, man. I mean, you pretty much nailed um, anything that I was going to say. I think the steel move, like I doubt you could get a first for Mostert, honestly. I mean, you might have somebody buy into that hype and are so desperate for running back, maybe the James Conner owner, and you can just plug them in and say, oh, dude, pay a first. Like I got RB2 on the year, but even if it's something like Mostert in a second, for like any year first that that would be a trade i'm definitely trying to make i would even be fine if most it's really just a depth like rb four five on your team i mean it's tough to say because he's the rb2 on the season so you're probably starting him a decent amount but relatively i mean i'm probably cashing out at two seconds easily speaking of trades monarchs here's our our, our weekly appearance of jfc I just wanted to share this trade that just happened in one of my dynasty leagues today. Somebody traded Travis Kelsey in a second and in return got two firsts, Terry McLaurin and Evan Ingram. Wow. I just think that's an absolute rail. Whoever's getting two firsts for Kelsey when this is the lowest production he's had of a season in the last seven years is insane. Superflex. No, it's it's single quarterback. Um, we have two flex positions. Uh, anyways, this league with some high school friends. It's been a league for about a while now, um, but it just started Dynasty this year. But the same people have been in the redraft every year, and now now that it's Dynasty, people I guess are just throwing away draft picks. So they don't get the values. That's yeah. a great, great, great play by whoever got two first for Kelsey. Thank yeah. you for your appearance. All right. Van Jefferson's been traded to Atlanta. Obviously, he was not in your starting lineups for the Rams. I think even more so won't be in your starting lineups for Atlanta. What does this tell you about, not Van Jefferson, let's look at the Rams. What does this tell you about Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua moving forward? Both of them, I believe, can coexist. 1,010%, Peter. I think Puka Nakua showed that this weekend. Cooper Cup looked great. He looked like he did not miss a step. Um, but I think that they can coexist. I think Puka Nakua is a pretty solid wide receiver, too, moving forward. Uh, just in that offense and that passing pie, I think, with Stafford and Cup on the same page, they're going to take a lot of eyes off Puka as well. Yeah, it was really interesting to see what that kind of relationship was going to look like for those two guys uh, this week. And obviously, Cup came back and he dominated the target share had more uh I think he had more targets and and kind of first um first read targets all all that stuff than Puka did which is good to see obviously if you have cup but dude they're throwing the ball like 40 times a game or something insane so there's so much volume to go around there and I mean I you know Puka's probably still a wide receiver one for the rest of the season I mean it is pretty crazy. They threw 40 times last week, 37 times this week. Um, I mean, fire up Matt Stafford here. Kyron Williams got his second lowest carries of the year with 
13 carries. So it's definitely shifting more into a passing offense. I get they played the Eagles there, but I think that Pukunuku was a fired up start. I guess on the the flip side of this, is there any intrigue in like if you're in like a super deep like starting lineup league, like start 12, 13 in Van Jefferson moving forward? I mean, I get they just swapped like a late it's, round pick to get him. Um, bro, they, but it, they can't get the ball to their first round picks. They can't get the ball to him. And I know you're going to hear that on every podcast, but it's the truth. You cannot start him no matter what. No, that's fair. All right. And last but not least, Mr. Max, looks like your boy, Anthony Richardson, is going to be out for the next four games at least, put on the IR with an AC joint sprain. Talk to me, Max. What are the what's the mix of emotions? Because I know in our most important dynasty league, you know, he was your everything. He was scoring all your team's points, and now he's off your roster, and you're gonna have to lose some games. That must be really rough for you. It truly is, man. I it stinks to not have those points and not have him in my lineup, but it mostly stinks because in Superflex now, it's terrible too, because he was my quarterback, and now I have to start Taysom Hill like in a super flex league and I don't even have another quarterback. So I, you know, I'm getting ridiculed. I'm being forced to make trades. I don't even want to make uh, because I need quarterback. And I don't know. I, I think if there's an owner that's panicking about Anthony Richardson right now, please go buy, please go buy Anthony Richardson. He looks amazing. The AC joint, a shoulder, whatever the concussion, whatever. It's not like he tore up his knee. I get Cam Newton had a shoulder injury and blah, blah, blah. Like he's not, 28 years old he's 22 years old he's going to recover from this he's going to be fine um i think it's a great buy low window on a guy that i think is a top five dynasty quarterback yeah i agree with you on the buy window it you know for this season i i was seeing anywhere from like four to eight weeks for return timeline i he probably just won't, won't end up playing the rest of the season i don't see the upside for the colts to do it it's not like Minshew's a bad like second option for them so that'll be fun to see for the pass catchers there let's keep moving forward into our weekend recap all right mr max you start i'll go next and super producer we'll wrap it up my weekend recap player is going to have to be dj Moore. um 49 of course won me the week versus peter it was an amazing week he looks really elite right now. I think he's a top 10 option moving forward. He really got the rock thrown to him. I mean, eight times, three touchdowns. That's probably not going to happen every week. But I think he's a safe six tar- six catches, 70 yards. And I think he finds the end zone more games than not. So I think he easily hits 1,000 yards this year. I think he easily gets 10 touchdowns after that. And I think he's a top 10 option moving forward. So just really thrilled. Super producer, what are you paying for DJ Moore? I just recently made a trade where – as a rebuilder, I picked up Christian Watson for DJ Moore straight. What do you think of the deal I made, number one? And number two, what is his fair market value? I don't know, because I feel like he's going to smash again this week. He faces Minnesota. That's just their garbage against the wide receiver. But regardless for the season moving forward, in one quarterback, I mean, I'd probably be fine paying a first and a second. Um. And then in super flex, I'd probably lean more towards just like a single first round pick side. But 
Um, the trade you made, yeah, Watson, Christian Watson for DJ Moore. It makes sense for your team because, I mean, you don't want the points on your roster really for uh, DJ whoa, Moore. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No one said that. No, I mean, it. I mean, hey, you know what I mean. No one <laughs> but, said that. We're trying to get younger. Well, yeah, I mean, Christian Watson's pretty old himself. He's probably only a year younger than DJ Moore, but he's um, 24. So, yeah, DJ Moore's 26. Okay. But, yeah, no, it makes sense for you, PJ, for sure. All right, we'll move on to my weekend recap player. Want to talk about this guy, kickers are people too. I know everyone out there just groaned and they're going to fast forward the podcast two minutes so they don't got to hear kicker talk. But Justin Tucker, man, not having a good year per his standards. Uh, His history has been over the last couple of years, kicker number two, number three, number seven, number three, number two. He's been absolutely money. This year, he is kicker 29, 29 on the year, has had a horrid start to the season. Five points against Houston, 10 points against Cincinnati, six points against the Colts, four points against the Browns, four points against the Steelers. This is an indictment on the offense that Baltimore's running, even though they're winning games. Offense is not playing well at all. Gentlemen, I think it's time if you have kicker leagues to buy Justin Tucker. What are you paying, Pete? I would never pay a first for a kicker. You're I'm not stupid. Paying a second for a second. I would send seconds out if you're trying second round picks. I had a conversation today or or the other day I had a conversation uh with one of our league mates. Second round picks, how often do they hit for superstars? Maybe one per draft. Super producer turned a third into Sam Laporta, and then he turned it into a first. Like, yes, we understand. I understand that you're going to find hidden gems. Like Amon Ra went in a third. Yeah. But what is the conversion rate? Is it is the risk of taking a pick and get or getting like a guaranteed value guy? What is the risk reward there? I mean, I guess I'd rather have the kicker than the risk of a second round pick. But like, if it turns out to be two hundred one, it's basically like a first. I don't know. It's interesting. Super producer, what's your thoughts? Yeah, it is super interesting. I've seen a few things, I think, on Twitter and maybe just some independent articles as well, kind of breaking down the historical hit rate in maybe it was Superflex or even one quarterback dynasty leagues for those second round picks, third round picks. I mean, third round picks, I want to say it was like close to maybe less than 10% for third round pick. And then I think second round pick was probably closer to 30%. And then I think first, like kind of mid first, late first, closer to even like 50%. I could be completely botching those numbers, but there's people have done some pretty good work on uh, just that conversion rate in general. Um, As far as Tucker goes, man, I have him in a 10 team redraft league where I'm one in four. I had Burrow, Justin Tucker, and I drafted them both early. I drafted Burrow in the fifth. I drafted Tucker in the 11, something like that. I, dude, I want to just drop him out of hate, but I feel like I can't drop him. He's still young, kicker age. I think he's 33. Yes, so 30. kickers, kickers start to push into the, those 40s. They can still do it, and he's going to be one of those all-time great kickers. I think he's a screaming buy if you're looking to compete in the next three years. I just feel like you could get someone like Chris Boswell off waivers and he'll put up similar numbers. Over the course of a season, 
probably not, but game by game, 100%. You can stream kicker, but I like to set and forget. I'd rather have the Cowboys kicker. I'd rather have Matt Gay. I'd rather have a lot of kickers. That's the thing. It's like I'm not going to pay a second where I can go out and get like a kicker off waiver that's going to put up very comparable numbers, especially like I feel like I'm just buying a name of Justin Tucker right now. All right. That's enough kicker talk for everyone. All right, Super Producer, let's hear your weekend recap player. Mine is an interesting one. It's going to be Jahan Dotson. He had 4.5 points uh, this past week. Dude, it's been an interesting season for Dotson. And honestly, like Sam Howell has looked pretty decent. He's looked at least probably average as an NFL quarterback. It's definitely lacking in some areas, but I'm just going to riddle off some of his accuracy stats because it was kind of kind of surprising. He's top 12 in a lot of categories. I mean, 13th in accuracy rating versus zone, 7th in accuracy rating versus man. On deep ball catchable pass percentage, he's 12th. And then pressured accuracy rating, he's 11th. But I think the big point of why I'm bringing this up is his red zone accuracy rating is 32nd in the NFL. So that's kind of where I think Dotson has been underperforming this year because he hasn't scored, right? And that was like basically how his fantasy points last year were buoyed and why I think I'm speaking for myself, but why I was a little bit hesitant on him this past season, just because he he was just having the touchdowns. Right. I mean, if you look at his box scores from last year, minus like three games, the box scores look very similar, but he's just not getting those touchdowns. And I think Howell, maybe he can like take another step and kind of lock in that red zone but I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. What are your guys' thoughts on Dotson as far as in a dynasty setting? Like, are you looking to buy him? I mean, obviously the dude still has talent. He's made some highlight reel catches and highlight reel non-catches. But, like, are, are you guys looking to buy him at all? If you have him, are you just straight up holding? Are you trying to just panic sell? Because there was a huge, huge hype bubble, I feel like, in the offseason where he was like, I think it was like wide receiver 19 on keep trade cut at one point. Yeah. I, I believe in his talent. I believe in his skill set, and I believe in the enemy. I don't think Sam Howell's the answer long-term. I think he's looked solid all year. Like we read off and we talked about, um, but I don't think he's the long-term play there. So I think this quarterback class, like Peter mentioned earlier on the pod, there's a lot of really good players, a lot of good quarterbacks, um, even deeper down. I mean, there's the Caleb Williams, there's Drake Mays and stuff like that, but there's probably four or five quarterbacks out there that could be starting quarterbacks in Washington and get one of those guys there. Um, I think Dotson's a great buy, and I feel like you could probably get him for an early second and like a a player like, I don't even know. Sky Moore? Sure. I, yeah, Sky Moore in a second could probably get you Dotson. I'd rather have Dotson, the first-round wide receiver. So give me Dotson. I love the pick, Nixie. Dotson, he got draft capital, right, but has never like been a stud. Like I see him similar to how I view Elijah Moore, where he kind of has his games and then doesn't have his games. The only difference is Dotson was drafted earlier in the first round. So I think that there's a lot of investment in him. I think when Terry, the wheels start falling off Terry, and he's still there sitting on his rookie contract, he's going to be good. 
I think you buy him at the end of this year. I don't think he's going to have a good rest of the year. Howell can't provide for more than one receiver. I don't think he has the arm talent for that. Um, so I think at the end of this year is when you go and buy Dotson for a good price. All right, let's move into our last part of the episode. Crystal ball picks for week number six. Oh my goodness, week six. It is flying by. The season's flying by. We're about a third of the way done after this week. Pinch me, I'm dreaming. Mr. Max, we'll start with you. Go to me and then back to Super Producer Snake Draft style. All right, so looking back at our week five uh, crystal ball picks, Max had Anthony Richardson, had 4.42 points, obviously. He got injured, which is sad. Miles Sanders, though, had 1.2 points as Max's bust, so that one hit. PJ, boom, Brees Hall had a monster day, 26.9 points. And then PJ's bust, we can argue that it hit as well. Lamar Jackson had 9.94 points. We'll probably give PJ that one as well because Lamar Jackson, I mean, terrible game for the most part. And then my picks, Christian Kirk missed. He had 11.4 points. I picked the wrong the guy. Yeah, I picked the, the wrong guy. Ridley, Ridley went off for the big game, but regardless, still had a decent game. And then my bust was Jerry Judy. He had eight points. Basically on the fringe, so you could call it a hit or a miss. I'll call it a hit just for my own uh, ego there. Eight but... point eight points for a wide receiver is a miss. I think you need to be in the 10, 10 to 11, 12 range to not be considered a miss. But, yeah, I feel like it was a pretty solid week overall. We had, I mean, arguably two misses out of all of our picks. And my guy got hurt. That's true. So let's start this week. Max, you're up first. Who are you liking to boom? Or bust, you can pick your bust first. No, no, no. I'm going to pick my boom first, and I'm, I'm going back to the well. And I, I don't know why I keep going back to the well, but I keep doing it. And it's every year I go to the well, especially with this team. Uh, last year it was Mark Andrews. This year, it's Zay Flowers, man. He's my boom of the week. He is. 11 targets last week. His targets so far this year have been 10, 5, 10, 4, 11. So I guess this trend is double digits, single digits, double digits, single digits. Um, plays in London versus Tennessee. Um, don't think that there could be a better matchup for him, honestly. I think he gets a touchdown this week. He does not have one all year right now. He's still wide receiver 32. He's going to put up over 1,000 yards in this rookie season here. He's got a really good stretch of games coming up, too. He's got Tennessee, Detroit, Arizona, and then Seattle. Um, and then if you're looking for a playoff matchup as well, Jacksonville, San Fran, Miami, and Pittsburgh. So, Zay Flowers is a guy that I think you can get at a good value, and I think he has a good week, and you get to watch him at 9.30 in the morning. There you go. Super producer? Yeah, man. I like it. I mean, Tennessee, they're not great, and you could just easily see Baltimore just dominating this game. And I really do think Baltimore's got to be coming with some vengeance after last week. I mean – Losing that game and the way that their wide receivers played, I feel like they're just going to get reamed in the locker room and then come out and hopefully have like zero drops or something. All right. I'm going to pick a bold one here. I was going to go with DJ Moore, but that's too easy. That's too silly. We can't do that. We know that he's going to have a good game. I'm going to pick a player 
that is projected probably not to have a good game, but I think he's going to do well. Garrett Wilson for the New York Jets. Eagles defense is giving up the second to worst. So it's 31st rank points against fantasy wide receivers this season. His He's going to be at home, Zach Wilson, third week as that progression to, to flip the light switch. Look, don't get me wrong. I think Zach Wilson gets absolutely destroyed by the Eagles D-line this week. I think it is going to be ugly. But what I do see is a couple nuke shots to Garrett Wilson, the spray and pray that he's out there somewhere. He's got to rely on a target, and I am pretty confident it's going to be Garrett Wilson. He's projected 13 points. I can see anywhere from like 15 to 18 upside points with a touchdown. I really like him this week. I think Garrett Wilson's one of those guys where like he can just catch like a slant and take it 70 yards. So I really like Garrett Wilson too. Um, I just can't wait for Rodgers to come back, man. I mean, he would be I so- can't wait either, man. He'd be insane. He'd literally be a cheat code. All right, super producer, who's your boom? I'm going to go with Kyle Pitts versus Washington. Uh, last week, Kyle Pitts had 11 targets for 87 yards, I think. Um, he led the team, obviously. Washington just gives up an absurd amount. I think they're second. I, I think they gave up around like 30 points per game uh, to wide receivers. Say, oh, Kyle Pitts is a tight end. Why are you going to pick Kyle Pitts? So shout out to Jacob Gibbs on this, but he's on Twitter. Uh, I forget his app, but Kyle Pitts alignment over the past month is pretty much like 77% as a wide receiver. So he has 48% of snaps in the slot, and then he has 28% of snaps out wide. Washington just gets gashed by wide receivers. And I get Pitts might be playing in the slot more, but I think their DBs just are not going to be able to handle uh, London and Pitts. The big questions on Ritter there, but I think the way Pitts performed last week got a ton of targets. I think he's going to get the same amount, if I mean, if not a little bit less, but still ton of targets. And I think he could find the end zone here, honestly. Even though Washington is a top ten matchup against tight ends for fantasy points per game, but I I just don't see Pitts lining up in line that much this game. That is a very exciting stat to hear because as a Kyle Pitts owner, you basically get, I mean, we've, we've known this, but I didn't know it was that high a percentage as a wide receiver. Um, and you get to slot him in as a tight end. And this guy's a generational talent when he gets a quarterback next year, two years, three years, he's only 22 years old. I think he just turned 23. Actually, when this guy gets a quarterback, he's going to be a serious problem. So go buy him younger than Dalton Kincaid. That's insane. You could probably do Sam Laporta for him straight right now. I'd rather have Kyle Pitts. I truly would. I think Sam Laporta has been great. I just Kyle Pitts was drafted number four overall. He's the highest drafted tight end. He put up a thousand yards his rookie season. His quarterback and head coaches suck. Um, but I really like this pick next to you. I think that that's going to be a shootout of a game too. I don't know why Atlanta's always in those shootouts and Washington is too. Like last week, we didn't expect them to play that decent. They put up twenty points versus the Bears and the Bears. DJ Moore cooked them so. Who knows, but I think he's a good player that probably on a lot of benches right now. All right, let's keep moving forward. Super du- producer, swing it back around. I see who you have right here in the show, Doc. I can't wait to hear you talk negative about your boy. For sure. Yeah, so my pick is going to be Brandon Ayuk versus Cleveland. Last week, 
it was interesting. I think he had around like six or seven points. So not a world beater performance that we're used to from IU, right? But super tough matchup in uh, Dallas. And he gets the toughest matchup against Cleveland. There's two things here for me. And number one, I think this game is just going to be a super low scoring game because both of these defenses are elite. San Francisco's given up 13.6 points per game total. Cleveland's given up 15 points per game total. So I really don't see either team scoring a ton, but I feel like if a team is going to, it's going to be the 49ers. And I feel like they'll just get up early and then end up just running the ball the rest of the game or something like that. I, I really don't see them passing a ton the whole game. Um, and also another thing that plays a factor into this, where I think the 49ers might end up just blowing them out early is Deshaun Watson is dealing with an injury. So who knows if he's even going to play this week. Um, I've seen a lot of beat reports and stuff that they're, they're kind of working PJ Walker in there and expecting him to start, which is definitely concerning um, for the point total in this game. I mean, if Watson's playing, maybe you could expect a shootout kind of scenario here, but I really think it's just going to be a one-sided affair. And Cleveland's defense is the 32nd ranked matchup for wide receiver. I feel like that needs to go unset at this point. Um, they average 13.5 half point PPR points total to wide receivers. So I just don't think there's going to be a ton of opportunity. I think the only way this one misses if IU gets in the end zone somehow, but I think it's going to be a CMC game and maybe a Kittle game again, and they're just going to pound the rock on them. I couldn't agree more. That was going to be my bust too. I didn't look in the show doc to see what yours was. The weather in Cleveland does look decent for Sunday. It's going to be like 55 and a little windy. So Brock Purdy should have no problems with the conditions, but the Browns defense is really solid. And Brandon Ayuk's looked really solid, really good, I should say. Um, but even last week, we saw it with Dallas. Like, he didn't do much. Um, he didn't find the end zone, and they just kind of blew him out, and they just kind of ran the ball. So I think that this is a good bust. Temper your expectations with Ayuk, especially versus the Browns. And this is, like, I think could be said for the same with Amari Cooper and um, Elijah Moore and stuff like that. Like, backup quarterback going against the 49ers defense probably be pretty probably wouldn't start him honestly yeah those are just straight pulls that pull out of your lineup i don't care who else you have on your bench i'd rather start van jefferson nudge nudge wink wink uh we'll move into mine really quick this one hurts me to say uh this is gonna be a temper your expectations definitely think he's gonna produce underneath his estimate he's estimated at 19.67 points per sleeper justin herbert I do not think he's going to have a good game, man. Cowboys defense got embarrassed on national television last week. I think Michael Parsons in that defense is going to try to make Justin Herbert's day a living hell. I still have to play him because I'm not going to start Sam Howell. I'm not going to start other guys over him. He is your stud. You're probably going to play him. But I would look in your lineup to try to find other upside plays because I don't think he's going to give you that steady 20 points. I think he's going to be hovering around 13 to 14 points. Uh, on Monday night football, it's, it's going to be really rough. I think, I think he's going to be going through it on Monday night, especially knowing the fact that, uh, stay, uh, Brandon Staley is not the best primetime coach. I, I think it's going to be really rough for them. I would check the waiver wires too. Like Gardner Minshew versus Jacksonville is a really tasty matchup for me. I also feel like 
the only way that this doesn't hit Peter is if it's like a shootout, which I can see the Chargers and Cowboys getting into. But that Cowboys defense is really solid, even though they just got cooked by Brock Purdy. So temper your expectations. Matt Stafford, he's probably on waivers in a lot of leagues as well. He plays the Cardinals. Um, and then another guy, Baker Mayfield, plays Detroit. So I'd probably look for all those guys. But I like that he plays on Monday night. I think with no Mike Williams, it'll be Keenan Allen. They're coming off a bye. They should be solid. So we'll see. I like this pick, though, Pete. All right, Mr. Max, let's get into your bust of the week, and then we'll send everyone home. My bust of the week is going to have to be A.J. Brown. I think that he's a great player. But I also think Sauce Gardner is a great player. I think the Jets' defense is very, very solid. I don't think they make it an easy game on Jalen Hurts. I think A.J. Brown has the potential to obviously catch a 70-yard touchdown. But there's also been games, like you look at games one and two in the season, where A.J. Brown was kind of, I don't want to say non-existent, because that's not very nice. Kind of mid. But he was kind of mid. I mean, seven for 79, game two versus Minnesota on Monday night. It was four for 29. Ever since then, he's been great. Just temper expectations with him. I also feel like they're going to key on him a lot, and I think that uh, Devonta Smith could have a good game. He put up a stinker last week. So I feel like when these Eagles wide receivers put up a stinker, the next week they go crazy and they kind of just flip back and forth. They're like 1A, 1B. Obviously, A.J. Brown's the 1A. Um, but just temper expectations for the New York football Jets. I think another thing, too, to point out is this game has blowout potential as well. I hate to, Absolutely. Hate to say it, PJ. No, 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 no. Do it. I'm going to the know, game with more. It, yeah, it could be one of those ones the Eagles just get up and then they just run the ball the whole second half too. So I totally could see that game script coming into play there with a uh, kind of tough matchup. Yeah, there's a lot of risk. A lot of the time you're not going to have pivot options off of A.J. Brown. There's no comparable like pivot on your roster, but I would definitely be considering certain guys with certain matchups over him. All right, that's going to do it for our show. Another week in the books. Week 7 coming up next week. Gentlemen, any final thoughts as we approach the one-third point of the season? I do have a thought. I guess the one thing I'm going to say, it's more of a dynasty play just in general for all your teams. This is the point where you can look around your league and see if you're a real contender, if you're not a contender, look around at points scored, what your record is, all of those things. Because uh, let's say you're middle of the pack in record and like bottom third in points scored, uh, you got to take a real look at your team and see if it's worth pushing the chips in because you're going to have to or selling, starting to sell and kind of go into a rebuild. We talk about it. We've talked about it all off season. It's a huge point of emphasis for us. I feel like is do not get stuck in the middle. And if you're in the middle, no. you got to look at points scored. You got to see, can I make moves? Can I buy some uh, veteran pieces off of maybe some guys that are, have underperforming teams. Just take it, take some time, maybe on Friday, Saturday, get some downtime. Just look at your team, look at your league, Make a decision, man, because the the window to buy rookie picks, the window to sell rookie picks for these players, it's going to start to shrink here once people get a more clear 
perspective of what the playoff race is going to look like. And then they start projecting like, oh, well, you're going to have the 110 pick. I don't want the 110 pick if I'm going to give you Austin Eckler or something like that. But um, that's my main point. I've been doing it in my leagues kind of already. But yeah, I feel like it's a it's a good point of emphasis to have. It's decision time, as they say, Mr. Max, it's decision time. Just like a running back does on a big run, stick your foot in the ground. If you have to change direction, change direction. If you don't, then stay with it and go for it. All right, that's going to take us to the end. Thank you, everyone, for listening to another week of the Dynasty Monarchy podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy over there. On Twitter, again, Super Producer does a good job of keeping everyone up to date on all things fantasy football. Again, at Dynasty Monarchy over there. We're pretty good at responding if you shoot us a DM all the like-minded things like that over there. Again, start sit decisions, player value, trades, whatever you'd like. Send it over at Dynasty Monarchy over on Twitter. Thank you again, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Dynasty Monarchy podcast. Fancy some fantasy advice? Tweet or DM at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Until next time. Farewell, my fellow kings and queens.